0: Washington Nationals top 10 prospects. That's what we got going here on the call up for this Monday evening as we're recording this August 15th. It might be August 16th. By the time most of you are listening, Jack, not the best system in the world, but got a hell of a lot better after they traded that Soto dude.
1: What four guys, uh, the top four guys in the system were not even glimmers in their eye uh, two months ago. Right. I mean, yeah. one was a draft guy. He was a top five pick. And then the front three were all acquired in that Soto mega deal. So, yeah, I mean, the NAT system got better. They so badly needed to get better, man. I mean, this was I think you could make the argument the worst system in baseball. And I, I'm not sure it was close before the Soto deal. I mean, we'll see we'll kind of see it because there's there's guys
0: that I obviously like. The last couple of draftees, you talk about Brady House. We'll get into him, we'll get into Elijah Green as well. But you get to the honorable mentions and stuff, and those are guys that would have been in the top 10 prior to the trade, uh, to go get all of the guys that we're gonna list. But you know, one of the headliners and the number one prospect, who again we'll we'll get to because we're gonna count down from 10, but CJ Abrams did just get promoted to the mm-hmm. big leagues, which is awesome. And uh I do want to lead with that because that's extremely exciting. Uh, I know we've already seen him at the big league level, but I'm really excited to see him at the big league level for a team that doesn't need to win right now. He doesn't have the pressure to perform right away um, and can kind of just work through things and develop in a low-pressure environment. Also just makes the Nationals way more fun to watch whether Abrams is raking
1: or not. I don't think he has much more to prove in AAA. Glad he's in the big leagues. Tell me if this makes any sense to you, but like I'm still waiting on C.J. Abrams' troops true debut like in the same way that i'm waiting on lenin sosa's true debut, for sure right because these guys are coming up and you know abrams is immediately like plugged in but he's not getting a chance to get his feet wet if he's struggling he was headed down to el paso like there was no here you go top prospect here are the keys to the car go drive it was you're gonna hit ninth you're gonna hide. And uh, we're going to try and win as many games as possible until Hassan Kim is ready to come back or play every day.
0: And, and you, you might sit out two days, then play, then yeah. you know, pinch run in the ninth and then not play. And you're playing second. No, you're playing short. You know, No, you're playing right. You know, like that happened one time, like it was just not a true debut. And, and I think we're going to see him really get a chance to do that now. And again, I think the relaxed environment is really important there. So I'm, I'm excited to see what what Abrams is going to do.
1: Yeah. And again, we have to acknowledge the corresponding move was Luis Garcia going on the 10 day IL. Um, I don't think that's going to have any bearing on the rest of the season. I think that CJ Abrams is starting on Monday, August 15th, the shortstop for the Washington Nationals. And when Garcia comes back, he might play second. He might do other things. I have no idea, but this shortstop job should be CJ Abrams's. now. He should not be a Rochester Red Wing again this year. Except for a rehab assignment, C.J. Abrams should be a major league baseball player. And that's that.
0: Yeah. And knock on wood, hopefully, of course, that 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 won't be the case. And uh, just excited to see him get consistent A.B.s. And we also had Von Grissom really perform. We talked about it earlier, but now we really saw what he has done just went off after getting promoted way better than I thought he was going to do right out of the gate. Braves keep getting rewarded for being aggressive with their guys and their guys keep getting rewarded for performing and they get called up quickly in Grissom and Harris. Uh, Also DL hall sent back down. Correct. So he will probably come back up as a reliever. Is, is that the latest on, on the hall situation there? What, what are the Orioles? What's their plan with DL?
1: So it is, it was um, start. He went what? Three and a third. I think so. I, Showed I, flashes. I think, it was kind of what you expected. Yeah, he struck out the side in the second. So, like, good for Hall. Um, but again, like, there were there were you know ten pitch stretches where he had no idea where the ball was going. Yeah. Um, DL Hall. He started. He was optioned. He will not start again for Norfolk. If he does, he's going to go about two innings. They want to work on him coming out of the bullpen on shorter rest. So instead of four or five days rest for him, it's going to be two to three days rest. And he's going to work two innings at a time, maybe work into a third. Uh, But when the Orioles pick him up and and recall him from Norfolk now, um, they want it to be as a swingman reliever. And that's what he's going to be in September.
0: And I don't think this is an indication of their long-term plans with hall before we get into the nationals. This is more of a, of an innings management as well. They don't want to just shut him down because they're trying to make the playoffs. Um, And I think they feel like DL hall at the big league level can continue to work on his mechanics and play a part in their success as they try to make a run here in two inning spurts. He's never thrown more than a hundred innings. He was shut down last year with a stress reaction in his elbow. So they don't want to push it. He's already at 77 and two thirds this year. Uh, So It it makes sense. I think actually including the the three innings now in the big leagues, he's at 80. It's the right move, I think. And I think he'll be effective out of that role, especially because he can just throw the fastball. He doesn't really need to throw anything else. And his fastball command has been good. It's the secondaries that have been pretty non-competitive. The fastball command has been good enough. Uh, So I I think he's going to thrive in that role. And I'm excited to see how how he does. And it's a good move for the Orioles to try to win now uh, without really getting in the way of DL hall's development and I think it's it's a perfect balance there uh yeah, so, and- so so go ahead No, actually finish up sorry
1: no yeah I mean he could be a two pitch guy out of the bullpen like that's what we've seen from brash right brash is fastball and slider for the most part pretty much like occasionally mixes in that big curve now that he's in the bullpen. Before, Brash was trying to be a four-pitch pitcher. Like, I'm not sure if Hall was trying to be a three-pitch pitcher in that. He was. You. The
0: changeup looks great. Uh,
1: just yeah, it's, change-up it's just It looks good. great, and then it's nowhere near. Um, and it's the same thing with the slider. Right. So, like, whichever one's working, do it. Like, you can survive for two innings on fastball changeup or fastball slider. He can feel which one is the better one, and he can survive as a two-pitch guy. Um, I think stress is going to be a lot lower on him out of the bullpen than in the starting rotation.
0: Yeah. And their
1: bullpen's been great. So excited to see how he fits in there. We'll
0: start with the honorable mentions. Um, We'll start with Jake Alou, a guy that you saw uh, a little bit for this national system. Uh, You saw him back when he was initially drafted as a 24th round pick out of Boston College when you were broadcasting over in Auburn for the double days. And Alou has been spectacular this year Uh, as a college guy that continues to just get better and has, has hit at every level, struggled probably more or the most in his professional career when you saw him. Versus, you know, what he has been doing this year, which is an 8.19 OPS between double and triple A. He's at 277, 352, 467. He's got some pop, got a little bit of thump there, and he can run a little but He's also swiped 12 bags. Uh, I think this is an interesting possible utility guy uh, at what 25 years old for yeah. the the Washington Nationals.
1: Yeah, I, it was really interesting, man. I mean, watching Alou, I I wasn't necessarily expecting you to say he's got some pop at any point in his career. But, you know, he was a 340 guy at BC his senior year. He was a four-year guy at Boston College. Um, he, he struggled a little bit, hit 260 in Auburn across 45 games. So I was seeing him consistently that first year out of school. But then he's pretty solid in high A. Hits 303 at the beginning of last year. Gets the bump to double. Fine and double. And then at the beginning of this year, starts in double. Really solid. Hit 280 with some pop. Like you were saying, nine homers in 73 games gets the bump to triple, has survived. He's always been in the 260 to 300 range, just at varying degrees at every stop. And I love a guy that's 260 to 300, can play a good second base, and is just a consistent lefty bat for you. Yep.
0: I mean, it's that simple. And, And the power has been the big addition for him. And I think that's helped where he's added some physicality. He's tapped into a bit more, you know, just lift and backspin. He's hit some balls this year. 430 plus feet, 420 plus feet. So you know, I don't think it's plus power, but he can hit you 10 to 15 homers uh, playing all over. Uh, he's made starts at third. He's made starts at second. He's made starts in left as well. And even first base at times, uh,
1: I, I do think that you could get a decent utility piece here. Uh, and in Jake Alou. Yeah, I think so too. And and it's fun. Rochester is uh, coming to Indy next week. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to, uh, partake in the dap up with Jake Alou seeing him around the cage. And I'll be like, Hey man, long way from Auburn, New York. Huh?
0: I heard he's a great guy. Uh, I have some mutual friends with him. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's an easy guy to root for and uh, he'll, he'll be happy to see a familiar face in yours. Uh, next honorable mention is, is Mitchell Parker, who, you know, the numbers have been great overall. And he's a lefty six, three 195 pounds, 22 years old. And, I just like what we've seen from him. He's funky. He has a pair of decent secondaries. He's racked out a lot of strikeouts this year for a guy that's, you know, maybe not the most ridiculous stuff. Fastball's more in the 91 to 93 range, Uh, but mixing up those three pitches has been enough to get some good, good strikeout numbers. Problem is he's fought some command issues and that's kind of held him back. But I do think that he is a potential number four type of starter here uh, for the Nationals.
1: I mean, the fact that you're walking six guys per nine and you still have a sub three ERA <laughs> yeah. is really impressive. I, if you're scattering the hits enough like that, under seven hits per nine, um, that that's pretty impressive from him. And this is another San Jack guy. And we're going to get to a San Jack guy. It was a first round pick uh, in a couple of years prior. But, you know, he was one of the guys that was a middle round pick out of San Jack in 2019. I want to say he was 27th round. Yeah. Um, bet on himself again, went back to Juco and went in the fifth round and that yep. COVID shortened 2020 years. So, um, you know, this is a guy who I, I think is gonna get better. Um, the walk numbers have spiked compared yeah. to last year, but the hit numbers have dropped compared to last year. It, it,
0: that's the weird thing is it's not like he's given up really any contact. So it, it's, it's about the command, but if he's in the zone more, does that mean he's going to give up more contact that's kind of the question, right? Because uh, for guys that, that may not have a plus pitch and he kind of lacks a plus pitch, sometimes being in the zone too much is a problem. But you're never going to be able to get away with walking six guys per nine. I, I think he's got the three pitch mix if he can even just have fringy command to be a back end of the rotation starter because of the funkiness that he has and uh, just the way he's able to get some whiffs on the fastball even in the low 90s. Uh, but there's definitely a ton of reliever risk here as he continues to walk guys at a pretty high clip. Uh The next dude, Armando Cruz, is another honorable mention. Big time international free agent, $3.9 million in 2021. He's a shortstop. Hasn't made it above the complex yet. That's kind of a theme with a lot of these top national prospects, uh, especially the homegrown guys. They spend a lot in international free agency, and those guys are pretty far off. Cruz (laughs) is just another example of that. But. He's a higher floor guy relative to the other international free agents. I looked at, uh, I think there's almost a guarantee for a young guy that he's going to stick at shortstop and the offensive skill set is, is good enough. I think this is a glove for a shortstop that you're looking at that, that it depends on how much he hits is going to kind of determine the ceiling, but $3.9 million. Obviously the Nationals saw a lot in this guy.
1: Yeah. I, they see a lot in a lot of international free yep. agent guys. Um, Yesela Antuna is the big one to me. <laughs> like they they dropped a bag on Antuna, who's really really struggling. Um, I want to say they they dropped a bag on Victor. Ro- no, I don't think they dropped a bag on Victor Robles.
0: Was Victor um, Robles
1: a cheap guy? Are we Let's sure? See. Yeah, maybe two twenty five. I'm seeing two twenty five right now. Wow. So, yeah. So he was, he was not as much of a bonus baby. Yeah. But, but Soto and was 1.5. Yeah. Soto is a lot of money. Um, and that Soto thing worked out. Yacel Antuno was more than double that. He did not work out. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they love spending money here. Uh, you got to walk me through these international free agent guys that haven't left the complex, but, um, that is, that's very nationals of them dropping the bag for a 16 year old.
0: Yeah, I like Cruz because from what I saw, the bat-to-ball is there. I have no idea how much impact is going to be there. I, I It's impossible to project impact on an 18-year-old. He doesn't have that much room to fill out compared to some of the other guys, so I don't think there's going to be too much power there, but he's an above-average runner who could be an elite defender at short with good bat-to-ball skills. Uh, I, that's a high-floor profile, and uh, that's a guy that probably will will make his way into the, the top 10 for them as he Probably makes a debut stateside next year. Uh, That's probably the expectation. Only striking out 16% of the time at the complex. A guy that I looked at and the more I watched, the more interested I started to get is TJ White, who's another honorable mention here. Outfielder with big time raw power. He was an overslot fifth round pick in 2021. It's a switch hitter with exciting tools. And uh, I think there's some over over pumped speed grades for TJ White. He's not very fast. I think that's a misinterpretation by some uh, because yeah. you look at the profile. He looks, he looks, I guess, the part as a corner outfielder that has the long limbs, that has the quick bat, but he's not that fast. He's more of an average runner, but the exit velos were, were way up there. He's put up some very jaw-dropping home runs at points this season. There's some swing and miss in the game, Uh, But I I do like him in terms of upside compared to some of these other prospects in the system.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got 62 hits, 18 of which are doubles, seven pumps. So he obviously has gap to gap power and he's got over the wall power. Um, He was over slot, but underage. He was a 17 year old high school guy. Yeah, I think that certainly could have enticed the Nationals to do that in the fifth round. Um, and listen, as an 18-year-old in low A, if you're hitting 240, slugging 404, you'll take it. Obviously, there's a lot more room to grow. 6'2", 210. Um, I was looking at his build. It feels like there's some more meat that he can put on his bones, um, drop the speed a little bit. But like you said, I don't think speed's really his game. I think if no. he's going to up anywhere, it's probably in the power department. And again, I think you mentioned that the age, I mean, he's he's young.
0: Uh, and missed an important year. I think even in his development in high school, Uh, didn't get the ABs and he looks like the classic guy that just needs ABs. Uh, I think he's going to be a pretty good player here. I I do like the bat switch hitter kind of hedges some of the concern as well. Strikeouts are high, but they're not, off the charts, egregious for a high school guy in his first pro season in low A at 29.7%. And he's put up some home runs, some exit velos as high as 107, 108 miles an hour. So there's some, there's some raw pop in there. And I think he could be a, a pretty solid corner outfielder if he continues on the trajectory that he's on right now. Uh, yeah. Another right-hander, Andrew Lara, who I think could be one of the big names to watch here. I think the last two honorable mentions that we're going to talk about are guys that – Could really put it together. Lara has a lot more time uh, in his favor, given that he's still 19 years old. And Lara, big time fastball, sits 95, uh, can touch 97, 98 with life. He's 6'4", 230, uh, mixes in a really solid slider and a decent changeup as well. Three-pitch mix, electric fastball, command is a little bit of
1: the problem here, but he's young and he's already getting some swings and misses. I'm interested in Lara. The, the results aren't here, though. And I, I haven't seen much Laura at all, but he's got a 616 ERA across 19 starts in low A. And he really struggled to throw strikes when he got off the complex last year, too. I don't know if it's a 19 year old being phased by not being at the complex anymore. Um, it's really tough to throw tough. In, in professional baseball. Um, news flash for everybody. It's really hard to throw uh, yeah. to professional hitters. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a different beast when you get off the complex and you're not you know, sleeping at, at the La Quinta that they put you up at right at the spring training complex. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how he progresses. Um, he's put on a ton of weight. Yeah, When he signed, he was 6'4", 180. Yeah. He's now 230. That's a big boy now.
0: I, there's definitely reliever risk, but slider is a plus pitch. I always flash is plus. Change up is, is trailing a little bit. Fastball obviously has a chance to be a, a plus pitch that i think is working in his favor he's a big dude still extremely young and i got to sync up the mechanics find the consistency there but i do like the athleticism and the arm speed on the mound there's upside uh but obviously there's a lot of pitchers with upside uh that you know never quite put it together command wise he's striking out a lot more guys than he did in his short stint last year and uh the walks obviously at at nearly four and a half per nine is going to have to be put into check a little bit and obviously be getting burned a little bit by contact. So we'll see how he develops. And uh, that's somebody that still has some intrigue and some upside. And the last honorable mention, pretty crazy that he's an honorable mention at this juncture is, is Jackson Rutledge, former first round pick big time, right-hander the other San Jack guy. I really liked Rutledge out of the draft and I still have hope for Jackson Rutledge. I really do off the IL now is, he's been throwing innings in low a, it just hasn't really been there for him, man. And it's it's just based on results, it would be ridiculous to rank him in the top 10, given the upside that the other top 10 guys have and in, in the new players that they've added here. It just hasn't been there for a guy that's 23 in low A to have a five, four, seven ERA. Some of the peripherals point towards better stuff, but he's striking out less than a batter per nine. That's not what you really expect out of out of Rutledge in low
1: A. Uh yeah. I mean listen he's got a five and a half era across three minor league seasons and he's only thrown 146 pro innings like that that is not a big enough sample size for a guy that was taken in 2019 yeah especially at a juco and and this was a year removed from him being a pretty solid reliever at Arkansas he started his freshman year at Arkansas um, thought he was going to be in the rotation was in the bullpen was kind of used in like um, not high leverage spots. Um, he thought that he had the opportunity to go become an amazing starter and he became an amazing starter at San Jack. He was the best college pitcher, regardless of level in the country when the Nats took him top 20 in 2019. Yeah. Um, I, I saw him in Auburn. I know the way he works. The way that this guy attacks his day-to-day life is very, very impressive. He takes exceptional care of a 6'3", 250-pound body. 68 now, right? Or yeah, sorry, 68. Yeah, six did eight. I say 63? Six, yeah, 68. No, he he was 68 240 when he was drafted. He takes exceptional care of a 68 250 pound body. Um I I was shocked that he ran into the shoulder issues that he did. Um cuz it was shoulder. Yeah. And it was like a nagging shoulder. Um but He's got like a shorter arm.
0: I was going to say he does expecting. short arm it a little bit. And I don't know how that, you know, I have no idea on the biomechanics of that, but it is a unique arm slot, a short arm slot. And it feels like that's probably to to hone in on the command a bit and feel like he's under control there. But at the same time, this is a 6'8 pitcher who could get a ton of of extension and, and really uh, – the Arm speed's been there. It seems like he, he it's almost a little robotic at that point. And it, it seems like it's easy to see the fastball out of his hand for yeah. that reason. And dude, it has been. I would I would argue that the numbers back that up so far the season on fastballs 349, 410, 484 slash line. Opponents have an 894 OPS against this heater.
1: Yeah. Man, I I remember asking him about his arm path in 2020 during COVID. I, I did an interview with him right when COVID hit. And uh, you know, I asked him like Have you thought about changing to a longer arm path or something? Do you feel like there's more there? Do you feel like you can get more out of the tank? And he said, you know, I've I've tried a lot of different things in a lot of bullpens and I feel like I'm maximizing like this. Um, so if this is the arm path he feels comfortable with, then so be it. Some guys have unorthodox arm paths that they feel most comfortable with. Um, but you're right. I'm shocked that the strikeout numbers are not as gaudy as we were expecting. This is a big dude who, when fully healthy, is overpowering. And he is not overpowering right now.
0: No, the the in the end zone whiff on the heaters are is just not great. He goes with a four seam and a two seam. Four seam is a little bit better. Two seam really has just not been a great pitch for him overall. And He sits 95 with it, but you know, the the thing that gives me some hope for him, obviously you talk about the work ethic. He has four viable pitches. He really does. I mean, like the the slider is good uh, and he has a feel for a change up, which is the interesting part. And yet the strikeout numbers are not there for a 23 year old in low a concerning, still have some hope. We'll have to see, but he's not a top 10 prospect at this juncture. Yep. Fair. Well, let's get into the top 10. Uh, we're talking about international free agents a guy that i don't have a ton on i'll be honest but he's in the top 10 on pure upside and what i saw i like the tools christian vaquero i hope i say it right christian vaquero vaquero i feel like would be the i'm sure way it's vaquero it. yeah vaquero is number 10 here on the top 10 nationals prospects 17 years old signed for just a hair under 5 million dollars in international free agency last year he's already 6 foot 3 180 pounds he picked up switch hitting like recently which is kind of crazy shows you how early he is in his development literally the eta is 2027 so he is so far off but he's a plus plus runner with pretty good bat to ball skills i think he's got a lot to iron out with his body and his swing especially you know from the other side of the plate as he's continuing to develop there but given that he's 6'3 180 and a plus plus runner and, and there's a lot of excitement about what he can do in the outfield and how much ground he covers you figure if the bat comes along and he has a lot of room to fill out it's going to be a five tool star, and that's enough upside there to to put him in the top 10. But admittedly, looks have been very limited for me.
1: I, I will nod and smile when you talk about the DSL guys. I know nothing about the DSL guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, if mean- you want to get me access to DSL games, I will gladly wake up and watch DSL games with my I- cup of coffee.
0: I would too. I, it's really just clips and videos and whatever I can get, and uh, you know he's definitely got a ton of talent, and that's really why we can put him in here. But there's there's a lot that needs to go right through the years for him to be, you know, the player that the Nationals are hoping he can be. Uh, but four point nine three million dollars, a lot of money, and uh, he's already shown some flashes. But I don't think we see him stateside for a little while.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Another guy that much cheaper in international free agency, but I was really impressed with this dude, Jeremy Della Rosa, another outfielder who signed for $300,000 back in 2018 and Della Rosa. I, I, I know it's not as much upside to dream on, but I was pretty impressed with the power and with just the complementary tools. This guy has put together a pretty nice season so far. And you know he's still really young, still 20 years old this year in low A. He struggled since being promoted to high A in his 22 games. But in low A was spectacular. He hit 315, 394, 505 with 10 homers and 26 bags, striking out 24.8% of the time, walking 11% of the time. He got bumped up to high A, where he's he's young for the level, and, and it's been tough for him there. He's hitting 195. Strikeout rate stayed in check, which is encouraging, uh, but just the power hasn't been there. What also is encouraging is he's still swiping bags, so that's a part of his game that I think you can you know, bet on and, and count on. He's got 35 bags now between the two levels uh, yeah. on what I think is 42 attempts. There's some raw power there that I really like, but obviously he's a little overmatched in high A right now.
1: Yeah, super overmatched in high A. Uh, I I find it really interesting. The way he has transformed from last year to this year, at the same level, at low A, um, struck out 122 times in 87 games last year, struck out 78 times in 69 games this year, started putting the ball in play more often, dude realized he was fast as hell. Yeah. He said, oh, I'm going to use this fast as hell thing going on. And he also has some juice, 19 doubles, 10 bombs.
0: So that's what really sold me was, was the two things that you just mentioned. One, he made a tweak to his setup. So now he's a little bit more stacked on the backside. And he also you know just deploys more of just a smaller, almost toe tap, because he's preset on that backside. Starts almost like pigeon toed a little bit. And that's helped him to keep his weight back. Strikeout stayed down. The power didn't take a hit, though. He had exit VLOs as high as 110 already this year, which is well above average for a 20-year-old who has more room, I think, to fill out a little bit. His problem is he's extremely pull-happy, leads to more rollovers, and, and I think that's what we're seeing more in the high A level. They're working away, 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 and he's rolling over and there's more weak contact. But he's, I think he's going to do the same thing he did last year, which is after getting used to the level that he got brought up to, I think next year... He'll be comfortable in high A and start to make those same adjustments again. 90th percentile exit VLO of 104 miles an hour is well above average. Exit VLO is as high as 110. Bat speed is there. He's a plus runner. He can play all three outfield spots. This is a guy you can get excited about. Uh, Obviously, the hit tool is the question, though, and um, that's the case with a
1: lot of tools, you guys. Yeah, that that is the case with a lot of tools, you guys. Um, What I will say is the strikeout number is the most encouraging thing. Um, And and they just need like guys. They need yep. guys to keep on climbing because I mean, we're going to talk about it. Like the top four guys were not in this system before. So I think they're banking on the money that they spend in international free agency, yeah. panning out, and then having a couple of pop up undiscovered gems like a Jeremy De La Rosa workout for them.
0: Absolutely. And, and De La Rosa, for better or for worse, reminds me a little bit of Jesus Sanchez. So hopefully he can iron out, you know, the, the approach thing, but I think he's a little bit more sound and I think he is a better, I know he's a better runner and a better defender. So there's a, a little bit more upside. I think overall is a well-rounded player. Yeah. Next guy at number eight is, is Cole Henry and, and Cole Henry would be higher if it weren't for the massive injury risk that he carries. And, you know, I, I don't like to bake that in too much uh, to prospect rankings, but when it legitimately hampers your ability to really just, develop <laughs> it, it yes. makes it hard to to rank him any higher i think based on his ability he could be a top 100 guy oh but yeah <laughs> we're seeing the nationals be extremely careful with him as he continues to miss time he missed time in college with arm issues he's missed time now in multiple stops in the professional ranks with with arm issues when he's on the field he's been spectacular and he's already up to triple a because that's again that's not the question is it's not whether he can get outs it's whether he can stay healthy and that's been the issue for him. But Cole Henry, unique arm slot, which might be part of the problem with health. I I don't know. Uh, but a unique arm slot that makes it very difficult to pick pitches up out of his hand. Fastball is really good at 94 to 96, can touch 97. He has a changeup that is nasty, a curveball that is nasty. This dude could be a really good starter, but I just I think
1: he might be better off just in in the bullpen as a multi-inning reliever out uh, of pure caution. He was a second-round pick in 2020 because I think nobody thought that he could truly stay healthy for a long time. And, I mean, like, he was great in his four starts pre-COVID with LSU. Uh, But he goes second round to Washington. Last year he throws, what, 47 innings across 10 starts? Yep. I mean, you're making 10 starts in a whole season. That's not good. And then so far this year, he started nine games. He's thrown 31 innings in nine games. He was unhittable in Harrisburg unhittable in Harrisburg 23 and two thirds innings, five hits. That's insane. Do I need to give you the strikeout and walk numbers? He struck out 28 and 23 and two thirds, but five hits. No, it's, it's crazy. And that's why
0: I'm thinking, man, like maybe reliever is, is the best route here. He's six, four, 200 pounds. It's so hard to pick it up out of his hand. That's, that's the biggest thing. He tunnels extremely well between the fastball and the changeup and the curveball. And the fastball just hasn't been touched this year, which is the amazing part because he throws it two-thirds of the time. 527 OPS against on that pitch. Changeup, 243 OPS. Hitters (laughs) are two for 20 against his changeup this year. And then the curveball, same story, 143, 325 OPS again. So if you want to combine the changeup and the curve, 122 hitters are five for 41 against it. And we, like we said, the fastball already sets the tone. So you want that guy as a starter, but it just seems like even the nationals are kind of worried about how to handle things. And it's tough. I think you try it. Maybe Uh, what
1: do you do here? How do you approach Cole Henry? Dude, I I, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, the Nats are in such dire need of starting pitching. I think you just, try until yes. it fails and fails and fails again. Like I think he should just be a starting pitcher until his arm doesn't let him start games anymore. And then you work him out of the bullpen. Yeah. And and they need that. So
0: maybe somebody that we see at some point this year at the big league level, or they want to continue to, to kind of ease his development and triple we'll see, but the I numbers have not been the, the rest of the
1: year, I think you should spend the rest of the year in Rochester, man. Like yeah. I, he needs to throw more than, 80 innings in a professional season. He needs to throw more than 60 innings in a professional season.
0: Yeah. I, I guess if, if you look at it from that, this lens though, he's a finite amount of bullets. Might as well use them at the big league level.
1: I just don't know how I feel about that with like a pitcher.
0: Yeah. Or you, he's got to, but, the, but the, here's the thing. It's a relievers arm slot. that kind of talk about it with, with the path. And that's what evaluators have always been worried about. I don't believe in a relievers arm slot per se. I think it's all different, but clearly he's struggling with the health side of things. It has nothing to do with the ability. So I'm interested to see if he tweaks that, what the plan is there, or if it's just a different, you know, workout regimen or whatever he's going to do. But if Cole Henry can stay healthy, he's a number three starter. I really think he can be a number three starter if he stays healthy. If he moves to the bullpen could be a lights out closer. Like he's, he's that nasty five hits in 23 innings in double (laughs) a yeah that's all you got to say right um now we're into the new newly acquired guys and honestly we're not going to spend too too much time on on the guys that we broke down already in previous episodes when we broke down the trade but harlan susano is a guy i dove into more after we did that whole episode on the trade because i wanted to put a full scouting write up together on him. So dove into Harlan Susana and he showed me enough to, to put him at number seven here in in their top prospect ranks. And of course the nationals left Susana. He was the top pitching prospect in the international free agent class last year for $1.7 million. I'm sure the nationals were in on him, but they probably tapped their budget out fastball that hits triple digits slider. That is in the low 90s and nasty and sharp when he can command it. And he's tried to change up. He's going to continue to try to mix that in there. This dude's 6'6, 230. He's 18 years old. Uh, there is a lot to dream on here, but the mechanics need some work, it's very upper body driven. Um, and I think part of that is to just try to keep it easy and simple and throw strikes, but there's a lot of reliance on the arm there, and I think it's gonna be hard to consistently throw three pitches for a strike the way he currently throws, which is falling off to his left and losing pitches to his right. But I mean, there's so much to
1: dream on here. Yeah, dude, I, I borderline don't care right now. Like he is my late night gluttony. Like I will pop on Twitter and I will search Harleen Susana and watch every video there is to watch. Um, Because I was like, who is this guy? Who is this lottery ticket that they just took? And I can see Mike Rizzo going to Preller and saying, hey, your best guy at the complex, I want him. Yep. I want like, him that's so it so <laughs> bad for no deal. <laughs> Give it to me. Um, and, and he was the best guy on the complex, maybe at any level. He was a strikeout machine. He's just bigger and better than everybody. He's 18 years old. Those yeah. guys occasionally work out, occasionally turn into stars, occasionally fizzle out in a year. I have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> to Harley and Susana. All I know is I'm super excited if he does turn into to a star.
0: So the the slider is like unfair for kids at the complex right now, um, well,
1: and the fastball too. Like the fastball too. One hundred and two. You're like Howie with the sword and the bench warmers Yeah, no. Ready for one hundred and two, and then you see the slider, and it's like I I just pooped myself. So
0: slider hitters are two for twenty six with twenty
1: one Ks. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not I mean, fair, dude. That that's like a that's like a heavyweight champion boxer's record. It's just yeah. like. You know, blank and blank with however many knockouts. Like Gennady Golovkin was like, you know, thirty-two and zero with thirty-one knockouts. Like yeah, that, it, that's it, just what he's doing with the slider.
0: So they don't have a chance. But you know, hitters have a fighter, uh, a puncher's chance. With it. is that what they say? Like on, you know, with the fastball, and they've connected on a couple. Uh, yeah. But that those two pitches, I think, give him reliever. I, I wouldn't say floor because we haven't even seen him pitch really, you know, above the complex yet. But no, I think man, those two pitches. Get him up I, right now. <laughs> I think those two pitches could play in a bullpen pretty soon. Um, obviously, command is is further along than I thought it would be for an 18-year-old who's six six and throws 100, though, by the way. So I will say I, I think he's a safer profile than people would think when you just look at age, size, and stuff. I think he's a little bit further along than many may have expected.
1: I've got bad news for you as we record. Walker Bueller officially shut down, undergoing surgery. I was nervous about that with the elbow f- with the with the um forearm
0: strain. Yeah, it's never never good. Uh we were talking about Dustin May though. He looks spectacular. He'll be back soon, but man, that does stink. Uh on on the flip side, prospect-wise, we might see a Gavin Stone, we might see a Bobby Miller, we might see some other
1: guys get some innings here down the stretch. It's not TJ again, I don't think. That's really weird. They would have told us. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what they do there. Huh, well, a, I have no a, idea. All right, back to the Nats.
0: Back to the Nats. <laughs> Brady House comes in at number six. And uh, Brady House is one of the more interesting, because I, I would say of, of the recent draftees, shortstops, outfielders, whatever, I, I would say the Nats have two of the more polarizing with Brady House and with Elijah Green, who we're going to get to. House has been all right this year. Uh, I think, you know, the bat to ball is further along than a lot of people would have expected, but the power is not there, which was surprising to me. He's hitting 278, 356, 375 this year. It's a 109 WRC plus in low A. 19-year-old big dude at 6'4", 215. Only three homers. He's not walking really at all, and he's punching out 29% of the time. The ISO below 100 is surprising. not going to say concerning, because at least he is... Putting bat to ball. And that might have been the focus for him this year was, hey, like, let's just try to make as consistent contact as we can. But this is a dude that has plus plus raw power and it's just not quite there.
1: Yeah. I, what, what he did as soon as he got at the complex last year and like, obviously, what he did in high school, um, in, in a hotbed, by the way, he's a Georgia boy, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was hyped as, being in a twenty-five-year-old man's body at the age of eighteen, and that's what he is. I mean, he's a big, big dude. He's built like a guy that can stay at shortstop and play one hundred and sixty games. He's built like Corey Seager, pretty much. Yeah. Um. I, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of stunned that there's no power there.
0: Ninetieth percentile exit below of one hundred and one.
1: Yeah. It'd be weird. Very weird. weird. Very, very
0: weird. I'm not gonna. I'm not dropping him yet because he could be working on shit. I have no idea, but it's, it's a little bit concerning. So something to watch as we go into next year and look, the nationals have not been that great with their draftees, you know, over the last couple of years. So it's, it's a tad concerning, uh, but he still kind of sticks at six because the bats of ball is there and I'm not going to let the ship sail on raw power after, you know, just one season in LA, uh for a teenager. But it is, it is a little bit suspect at this point.
1: Yeah, Let, let's see if it turns into a pattern next yep. year, which is crazy. We're saying chalk it up for next year. But, I mean, you're putting together top, the top 100 update. Like, House is going to drop, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he's not doing what we
0: were hoping he would do. Uh, and hasn't even really flashed the power that much. So it, it's definitely a surprise. Uh, checking in at number five is a guy who – it's you look at his stock and it, it, it's it got to be Dude. almost like a, I don't want to say penny stock cause he's way more valuable, but it's just, no, it's, it's, an it yeah, it's an EKG. Yeah. It's an EKG. Cade Cavalli, a right-hand pitcher who first round pick 2020 has looked great pretty much since he signed and got going. I mean, I've been really impressed with him. Obviously the command is, is something that had to come along and it, it's, he's shown to have that come along. He's putting together his best season in that department, This year, I was worried he was going to be hurt when he came out of the game with an arm issue, but came back. You know, not that long after, has been fine. He overpowered guys in Double A last year, striking out. You know, more than twelve per nine. Then kind of took a hit and triple. Really struggled. Seven three zero ERA. Strikeout numbers were way down. Walk numbers were way up. Now walk numbers back under control. Strikeout numbers up a bit to nine point three nine per nine. Or if you want to go by percentages. 25% 25% strikeouts, less than 10% walk rate is really encouraging, though. And he's put together some really good starts as of late. I- I'm starting to like what I see from Kate Cavalli, and I think he's starting to figure
1: out how to just be a more consistent pitcher all around. He's such a weirdo, dude. <laughs> I mean, like high Velo, obviously, like it-, it looks different out of his hand. Um, guys will have trouble with that. Um, you want him to work out as a starter. He's been eating a bunch of innings. He started 19 games. He's thrown 92 innings already this yeah. year. He's going to get well over 100 if he stays healthy. Um, and he hasn't shown any sign of wear and tear like you mentioned. It was just a quick hiatus, and now he's back and all systems go. Um, with him, what, what's crazy to me is you think with that electric fastball and that slider, he could be prone to the long ball, right? If If something is left over the heart of the plate, faced 380 hitters so far this year. Three guys have taken him deep. Dude, you you know
0: why too. It's it's the fastball just has that that barrel avoidance. I don't know. Like it just has a
1: little bit of that how. last minute
0: jump. Yeah. A little bit of a last minute jump. And then the other thing is like you're not hitting his curveball. And that's what I think he has started to to throw more frequently as of late. I went back and watched what he did recently to in his last start just carved up what is one of the best lineups in the minor leagues, Baltimore's triple a Norfolk affiliate, right? So you you got Gunnar Henderson in there. You got stowers in there. You've got a lot of guys that can really swing it over there. I think Jordan Westberg is now part of that team now too. Uh, Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Uh, Regardless that team is loaded seven innings, 11 K's a couple days ago, one run, two walks, only three hits like that's what he's capable of but in the in the four starts prior 4k's 4k's 3k's 6k's it's weird man it, it's really weird i don't know if it's a matter of him kind of just being jekyll and hyde with with how good his stuff is from start to start or still trying to figure out you know who he is as a starter but here's the reality he has four above average pitches fastball is a plus pitch could be a 70 grade pitch curveball is a plus pitch could be a 70 grade pitch Slider looks above average. Changeup looks above average. And now the command's coming along. I, I think this guy's going to, yeah, has a floor of, of a pretty solid starter. But w- what is missing for that ace upside? I think it's really just the overall command. I think he's throw- throwing more strikes, but his command within the strike zone seems to still just
1: be lacking. I think that's why we're
0: not seeing as many Ks.
1: I guess. I, I'm looking at this box from uh, from his start against Norfolk. He struck out Gunner three times. Yeah. Gunner Gunner, one for four with three punch outs. Curveball. Three with three punch outs for Westberg. Yep. zero for three with two punch outs for Stowers. Uh, he struck out DJ Stewart four times. Uh, You remember that name? Yes, I mean, of course. Yeah. So, like, I find it really interesting looking at this box here. Um, I mean, shit, dude. If he's got the slider and the curveball to go to, multiple shapes with that, off that fastball that nobody's hitting solidly, there we go.
0: So, in that last start, he threw the curveball more than he's ever thrown it. And uh, right. I think he's starting to lean on that. I mean, it is 12 6 dives off the table. Damn. Opponents this year <laughs> off of his curveball, which he throws the second most, by the way. Okay. They're hitting 095. There we go. Seven for 74 with 37 Ks.
1: Sounds like you got a pitch, Cade.
0: Throw it more. Throw it more. Um, It, it is better than the slider throw it more Uh, i think that's what i think that's what's missing is a little bit of just understanding you know how to use his arsenal 24 years old though this is a big league starter and uh one of their few homegrown guys that will be a long-term piece i think yeah for sure in some capacity health dependent obviously but that's a pick that has gone well for them which is refreshing next guy is a pick that we hope will go well for them at number four elijah green so elijah green looks are obviously limited. He's barely played. Uh, but man, I, I I think they've got to be pretty ecstatic to have green fall to them at, at five in this, in this draft, because he was a guy that we thought could go number one, you know, a few months out from the draft. And then I think the fact that he was maxed out physically teams didn't have as much to dream on, which I get, but you know what, how a lot of guys won't even ever reach the physicality of Elijah green. He's one of the most imposing people I've seen, uh, Especially below the age of 20 on the baseball <laughs> field, his dad was an NFL tight end, so you know Eric Eric Green, I believe. So you can kind of see the bloodlines there. He's 18, he's 6'3", 215. in a perfect game, he ran a six one six sixty. You oh kidding me? God. It's one of the fastest in the country, oh and God. built like a linebacker. And dude, he was he was putting up one o fives, one o sixes, exit velos in, in in high school at the showcase circuits. I I'm more bullish on him now, the more I've done digging in for this system right up than I was before. And I think the floor is a little bit higher than people give him credit for with the speed. And I think he's got a bit more sound of a swing than people think. There's not as much swing and miss concern for me than initially thought.
1: It's hard to find guys that are built like that, but yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Like I, I look at Elijah green and I'm like, you know what? There's not much to dream on there. I'll take the kid that looks 12 years old first overall if I'm the Baltimore Orioles. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, it's hard to find dudes that look like Elijah Green. Even Major League Baseball players, it's hard to find dudes that look like Elijah Green. Um, It it was really impressive. You know, I watched a video of Green – um, when he first signed with Washington, like throughout the first pitch at Nats park, and this was before the Soto deal, Soto came up to him and dapped him up and, uh, you know, was telling him like, if you, if he ever needs anything, like he's there, um, you know, welcome to the Nats. It's going to be fun. We hope to see you soon. Uh, Soto <laughs> was out the door in about three days, but <laughs> Soto and Elijah green's physique were not far off. And Soto is five years older than him. Um, the, the one thing that jumped out to me, I watched his home run in the ACL on repeat. And, like, the swing you mentioned, he's not going to have as much swing and miss as I think a lot of people do. Um, but what I noticed was, like, he was very late to land with that lead foot. He was. He's I'm, handsy, though. So that's that's
0: that's a thing. So I'm interested to see how it plays, Velo-wise.
1: Does does that sound the alarms at all for you? Like, if he sees a mid-90s fastball, seeing how he lands like that? It won't sound the alarms until I see him struggle with it. Because there's guys that that don't need to get the
0: foot down. Like yeah. the, there's guys that don't really worry about that and they're fine. Um, obviously if a guy's struggling and then you see that, of course it's concerning. What's funny though is his hands are so insane. I mentioned it in the write up, which again the the top ten is linked in the description. His swing reminds me of Starling Marte, man. A lot of Starling Marte. And if his hands are working like that, I think he'll be just fine. But yeah, I think I, there there could be some timing issues, some some things there, but so far, I mean, he, he looked good on the summer circuit. There was some swing and miss. And I think that was what concerned people at times, but I think it's more timing than swing issues. So yeah, you, you might be right. It, it could be that foot down timing thing, but I don't see swing and miss in the swing path. If that makes sense. Like I think the path is efficient and, and I like it. So got a gnat flying around me. Uh, I think that's definitely something that I think is going to progress well. And I think, I think he'll figure that out. I think he'll, he'll iron those things out.
1: Dude, I just I love this view of green like it is it's perfect because you can see the flight of the ball off the bat too. I mean, I can watch this video on repeat. It is awesome. I love the
0: bat speed, man. I think there's plus raw power plus plus speed that we already know about and you can play a
1: bang up center field. And he loads well, like he gets back really well. I'm telling
0: you it's, it's, it's timing maybe a little bit and that's it. So I I think, I think the swing plays, he repeats his load extremely well. He repeats his moves extremely well. And he's a twitchy freak. Uh, I'll bet on a guy like that being able to hit enough.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, man. I I'm with you on this guy. Like I, I remember looking through and trying to watch as much video as I could over the course of like a week ahead of the draft. And I was like, Hey, I, I'm not pissed if, Elijah green goes one, one or two or three, but he fell to five and the Nats were probably super happy about it.
0: Very happy to get him at five. And uh, I mean, the the upside there compared to like what the Marlins got at six with the Jacob Barry is, is, you know, just, just totally different. Um, This is where I'm interested to see if you have any gripes, where we go at number three, because I went in with the full expectation of not moving Robert Hassel from two Robert Hassel is the number 3 prospect in this system. I love Robert Hassel, but that means James Wood is ahead of him. We'll get to James Wood. Hassel, we've talked about, we broke him down a ton uh when when the trade went down.
1: We had him for half an hour. Yeah. We
0: had him on the yeah, we had him on the podcast.
1: He's awesome. He's a great guy, he's a great player,
0: and I just think the profile is a little bit different than what we thought it would be initially. That's okay. That's okay. But it does temper the ceiling a little bit. And I think the balance of James Wood and what he has done already and what he is capable of, I think, puts him a hair ahead. Because if Robert Hassel was hitting in double A, I'd probably have him ahead. But the realistic thing here is that James Wood is one level below, probably ready for a high A promotion and is putting up better numbers than Hassel ever did in low A with way more projection. So that's why and playing center. But let's talk about Hassel real quick for those who may not have heard the other, you know, the other episodes that we did breaking down the traits. We both think he can stick in center. You've seen him even more in the outfield. He's a center fielder. He's closer to a plus runner than he is a 55 grade runner. It's fringe plus, uh, which I think a lot of people undersell. Hit tool close to plus. Current fifty, future plus. Yeah. Stop me if you if you think I'm a little off on anything. Yeah. The power is what we scaled back in this updated write-up. I had future raw power at fifty-five, cut that to fifty. I had future game power at fifty-five, cut that to fifty. Not a big change, but also no change. Forty raw power, forty game power presently. That tempers the ceiling a bit. But if he's playing dynamite center field and stealing bags, putting bat on ball, it's a really good freaking player who's still going to mix in 15, hopefully, or 20 homers. If I still think there's 20 in there.
1: So defensively, I I think he can be a top flight defensive center fielder. I mean, he glides. It is so natural for him. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about him in the box too. I feel like it is natural and smooth for him in the box to the point where he can be totally fooled by a breaking pitch and still somehow guide the barrel to it. Yeah, and just flip a line drive into center. I'm with you. I don't think that he's got prodigious power. I don't I don't think that he has, you know, even 25 homer power. But what I think he can do is 30 doubles, 15 homers in in 25 packs. Um I don't think you could have gone wrong with Wood or Hassel at no. two. Um Hassel Obviously a little bit farther along. He's probably due for a promotion to double very soon. Um, but he's not there yet. And Wood has been I, I thought it was gonna be really hard to get better than what Hassel did at lowA last year. And Wood has done it. <laughs> he's uh, done it. He's so, done it. Like it, I think this is more of a testament to Wood than it is a knock on Hassel. Wood has shown that he's got the upside of Aaron's player in the game. It's yeah, his yeah. upside is
0: best player in the game. His really upside
1: is is twenty twenty two Aaron Judge where he's playing a really good defensive center field and he could bust Roger Maris's record. Um, Hassel's upside is what? What's the comp? Yelich, young Yelich, young Marlins Yelich. I, I really and that's a great prospect, dude. A hell
0: of a player, man. It's a hell of a player. The Marlins inked him to seven years, fifty mil pre arb like that. That was a hell of a player. But he reminds me more of that Marlins Yelich, which is kind of what you said. Good batting average, stolen bases, play center field and mix in the power, though. Every once in a while, he's going to hit one. You're like, whoa, Hassel got that one.
1: The thing that turned Yelich into the best hitter in baseball over a two year stretch was that the power ticked up all of a sudden. So if the power ticks up for Hassel, we're looking at MVP Yelich type comps. But right now I'm with you, young Yelich, and I'm so excited for a young Yelich and Hassel. I really really, that was like one of my favorite like comps.
0: Cause I was looking at, it, I was like, this is so seamless. And I watched Yelich come up and I just see so much of it. And everyone always kept saying the same thing about Yelich, wait for the power to come, wait for the power to come. But then Marlins fans would also, you know, some Marlins fans would come out and say, yeah, sure. Wait for the power. This guy's good already. Who cares? Good, you know, yeah. but, but you know, the, the difference between the the good player and the MVP was the power. And there it was, he, he got that MVP. Thanks to the power. So we'll see what happens with hassle. But at the same time, you know, if he throws on weight and slows down and isn't as good in center and isn't stealing bags, now there's a lot more pressure to to hit for power. And he talked about that. He's like, I value being able to do everything. He said that to us on the show. I value being a, a player that can impact with almost every tool. And if that's who he wants to be, that's who he should be. And he'll be damn good at it. So he can be an all star. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so James Wood, as we lead into, and we won't spend too much time on Wood and Abrams, but, you know, kind of just an update, I guess, on on what this dude is doing here. So since the trade, you know, Hassel struggled a little bit since being traded and stayed at the same level in high A, but you know, it's, it's a new environment. Seeing a lot of you know, maybe new arms, if it's a different league, I don't know how it is for, for high A there uh, versus the affiliates, but I think it would be. Almost
1: all new arms. Different league, Midwest League versus, is that called the Carolina League? He's in Wilmington.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, whatever that, whatever that is. James Wood, through his nine games, 342, 375, 526 slash line. Um, through the 50 games uh, with the Padres in low A, 337, 453, 601 slash line. So combined now has 11 homers, 17 stolen bases, and, uh, yeah, you know, he's just hitting the ball <laughs> It is crazy to see. I can't wait to see what this guy's going to do in high A. I really am. I hope we get it before the end of this year. I just want to see if this can continue because he is just demolishing, demolishing the, the lower level competition. And he's way more advanced than I think anybody expected for a six, seven, 220 pound guy who, by the way, is playing most of his games in
1: center field. 90 games. Um, I'm starting last year at the complex. 90 games for James Wood. Um, hitting 336, has a 992 OPS, 14 homers, 77 driven in, 28 for 33 in the stolen base department in his minor league career so far. Like, I feel like when Wood gets up and when he breaks camp with Washington in 2024, I'll say it. Uh, If he breaks camp with the Nats in 2024, we could be looking at his minor league career as a whole saying these are video game numbers because so far they're video game numbers. That's what I'm so curious to see what the adjustment's going to be like for
0: him or or if there is one. Maybe he's such a freak. There is none. Uh, I have no idea if there is one. So, you know, he's extremely passive at this point, doesn't swing a lot. So that is interesting. But what stands out to me the most is the end zone whiff. He doesn't he doesn't whiff in the zone. 14 percent end zone whiff is better than good. So yeah. if he's doing that, then, you know, what's the hold of in his game? I don't know if there is. So, I mean, th- this is somebody that could really end up making the deal interesting if he can reach his ceiling uh, when we look back on it all, because all the other guys are are really damn good. And last guy, is CJ Abrams, number one prospect in the system. Um, he's going to graduate soon now that he's up. And we talked about the ups and downs. He didn't light up AAA quite to the level that you know we were hoping but he did hit seven home runs in 30 games is a little bit more hitter friendly out there and when it comes to power but we've seen him hit the ball really hard and really far at times he's trying to find a way to tap into it consistently again we talked about it I'm just excited to see him up at the big league level and I think he's going to do well I really do I I don't know if there's going to be major impact I think he's going to be a 105 110 WRC plus guy through this first year
1: but you know what do you think the ceiling is here for a guy like like CJ Abrams that's a good question. Um, it's a really good question because I don't want to be – I say I don't want to be hyperbolic yet. That's what I am at all times. Yes. All I do is is look at 100th percentile outcomes. Um, I mean like 100th percentile outcome for him is batting title and lead the league in stolen bases. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's probably – With some power. I I, I
0: really maintain – the power thing with him. I do think that there's 20 home run pop there.
1: Yeah. So 160 minor league games in his career. All right. Like that's pretty much 162 at the minor league level. Tell me if this is how you think his career might go. 311 with a 364 OBP and 836 OPS. Yeah. 14 homers, 86 driven in in 160 games, 38 doubles, 43 bags. It's pretty on par. That's pretty on par, right? So he's going to hit a shit ton of doubles. He's going to pump out 10 to 15 homers. Whenever he gets on base, he's a threat to steal. And I don't think he's going to walk too much. Um, But I mean, he's got 300 capabilities. And I don't think we're too far off from seeing 300 capabilities.
0: And something that I, I really think is underrated about Abrams and his development here. There's a high school guy who yeah. debuted after playing... Less than hundred professional games or something close to that, right? Hey man, I mean he's 21 years old, right? He's played a hundred and fourteen minor league games. That that is no development time for a high school guy. Like we I think it's important to put into perspective here how young he is in his development. It's almost unheard of for a guy to get to the big leagues that quickly. He's going to tap into more power. He has room to fill out. He's going to be better at stealing bases and, and more nuance there. Everything's going to get better. He just hasn't played that much baseball at all. Like <laughs> It's that simple professional at bats. He hasn't even played a, a full season yet. Yeah. Like This guy will, will settle in. And I think he's going to start to show way more upside than than some may think. I don't, I don't think there's that many loud voices saying like, oh, what's up with Abrams in the early going? But I just want to remind people he has barely played professional baseball after coming out of high school he's going to be really good for a long time. It might just take a year or
1: two of, of big league experience. What do you think is the last thing to come for me? Like I could see him getting up playing the rest of this year in Washington, playing next year in Washington, and we're still waiting on consistent power. To yeah, come. I think so
0: because you get these guys that are so good bat to ball that they kind of just focus on, on just putting the ball in play. Yeah. And then, you know, they want to tread water. They want to find some success, you add, you, you add the power when you're not really, you feel like you don't have that much left to figure out, right? Like if right. he's working on bat path and driving the ball over the field two zero count, and you haven't been hitting the ball that well, you're not swinging for the fences. You're swinging for a base hit, but right. once you've kind of established yourself two zero count, now, now have one, have, have a hack, try to try to go yard because you, you got confidence to one. Whereas I don't know if Abrams is there yet. So yeah, I think power is going to be the last thing to come. He's also just going to naturally gain more man strength as a 21 year old. Yeah. No, I mean, he still looks skinny as hell. Yeah. So he could come back next year with throw on 10 pounds, still be just as fast. And all of a sudden now we're seeing a little bit more pop (laughs) beefcake Abrams. (laughs) Could you imagine? I don't know if we'll ever see that, but we'll see a little bit more strength there. He's wiry strong. Defense has continued to get better at short. I'm
1: so excited for him to play, you know, Low pressure ABs in Washington. Times now, man. I'm excited to actually turn on a Nats game and see something of note. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully, Cavali not too far behind. And, uh, you know,
0: there's, there's starting out Lou, Jake Lou. I would love to see Jake Lou up there, uh, hopefully soon. But that'll do it for the national system. Full write ups over at just baseball.com. Continuing to hammer away the top 100 update. Uh, really excited about that functionality almost done on the back end too. So people are really going to enjoy how navigable the list is going to be. You can search by name. You can sort by tools. You can do a little bit of everything. It's going to be very fun uh, that should be out in the next couple of weeks, definitely before the end of the month. That's it for me, Jack. Any final thoughts? I'm talking to Casey Schmidt at 9 PM today. So that will go out on probably Wednesday, maybe Tuesday. We'll see yeah. uh, depending on you know, how I'm feeling tomorrow uh, yeah. off of that, uh, off of the surgery. But yeah. Uh, yeah so, Casey Schmidt, excited to talk to him. Keep an eye out for that episode. Anything from you?
1: Um, I don't think so. Get coding crazy. Um, Have a good surgery tomorrow. Thanks, King. And and, uh, yeah, I mean, content machine arm late. You're going to be on the mend. So you might as well just eat a bunch of junk food and work on prospects. Uh,
0: Yeah, I've been eating too much junk food, man. I've been throwing on bad weight. That's okay. Not much projection left here. We'll see you do worry way.
1: about it. Off season is the time to get the body right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, that'll do it for this one. We'll talk to you with Casey Schmidt tomorrow or Wednesday.